With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Focus podcast. I am your host, John Troopin, uh, and I'm joined today once again by uh, staff writer Joe Doyle. Joe, how are you? I'm good. How you guys doing? We're doing. We're doing all right. We're not yet stir crazy, although getting uh, there. Speak getting for close. Yourself. Getting there. Well, that's fair. And uh, managing editor Kate Prucer, who uh, is apparently sort of slipping, slipping away from from sanity, just a tad. Kate, how how are you holding up over there in West Seattle? Not great, not great, John. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Not gonna they had me. It. The Rona had me in the first half, and, also, and it has it also had me in the second half. <laughs> and for all foreseeable halves. As a group, we stand for outside. Just yeah. Yeah, the idea yeah. of outside. Yeah. The one thing I so will say close. is, I can't so wait. Far. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be so grateful for the stupidest stuff like oh yeah the annoyance of running errands i'm gonna love it yeah. <laughs> like this is watching... really just conditioning us for our prison time that we're gonna do in the future <laughs> that's yeah. are you kidding me this is prison time. <laughs> that's what i'm saying it's gonna be all ready to go prison's uh-huh. gonna be a cake at least in prison i would get to talk to people this is just like literally me are... having increasingly intricate discussions with my cats <laughs> well, we're glad to give you a break from the break from uh, 
the cats, the cat only content, uh, I suppose. Uh, we're here to talk uh, Mariners top prospect list. Uh, thank you, everyone who has hopped on so far. Uh, we've talked through 50 through 30. We talked through 30 through 21. Uh, today, we are going to talk through 20 through 11. Another 10 names. Uh, another 10 prospects. Um, obviously, again, the baseball season's just all kinds of jacked up at the moment. Uh, so it's hard to say how that's going to impact the guys that are on this list. Just development in general, the world, things of that nature. <laughs> but uh, as much as possible, we're going to talk about why these guys ended up on the list, the spots that they did, and what hopefully we'll see from them going forward uh, in as little or as much baseball as we get from them uh, in in 2020 and beyond. Uh, so to start off, we're, we're actually going to jam five guys. We're going to jam half the list into uh, sort of one group here, uh, which, you know, as you get closer to the top of the list, you get more and more refinement. You get people who are standing out more. Uh, I would say... 16 through 30 on this list, honestly, you could probably not fully interchange, but certainly there's there's a, not, a lot of people who I think could shift a fair bit. Uh, but for for the for the top 15, you know, there's a lot more sort of stratification. So starting with number 20 here, we've got third baseman Austin Shenton, uh, number 19 left-handed reliever Aaron Fletcher. 18 is righty reliever Art Warren. 17 righty reliever Sam Delaplane. And uh, number 16 is outfielder Braden Bishop. Uh, so three relievers, uh, sort of the highest any reliever gets on this list. Uh, obviously reliever heavy in the previous episode. Uh, as well as a couple uh, position players here. And... Uh, you know, last episode we talked a lot about Joe Rizzo, who is ostensibly, you know, the highest rated, well, the highest level uh, third base prospect in the system. Uh, you know, you've got Jake Shiner and you've got uh, sort of some minor league free agents at, at higher levels who who could potentially make some play. But, but Rizzo's been a guy who's been talked about. Shenton, 2019 draftee. Great bat. What what uh, for you guys would put or has put Shenton slightly ahead of Rizzo on this list, uh, and and do we think he is a, a contender to actually be a third baseman long term? So uh, for me, I think Shenton. For me, I think Shenton is going to have to be a third baseman. And, and the reason I say that, I got to watch him in three or four games at Everett this year. And he's a he's a strong kid uh, for his size. He's, he's very well built, but he doesn't move laterally very well at all. It's just not something that is part of his game. Um, so when, when I – honestly, I think Shenton reminds me a little bit of uh, the – unfortunately, the, the – 30-year-old version of Kyle Seeger, where he doesn't have a great arm, he doesn't move to his left or to his right all that well, but... Two of the most important directions. Yeah, two of the most important directions, <laughs> but I don't think he has the range to play second base, uh, maybe first base, I guess, but um, 
he'd have to show a little bit more pop in the bat to to play first base at the big league level for a successful team. So, um, yeah, I think I think he ends up at third base, and he's probably a slightly more hit-oriented player than he is power. But, um, yeah, a full year in Modesto or, you know, 250 at-bats in Modesto will probably give us a better idea. Yeah, I think that why he's ahead of Rizzo here is um, mostly it's just promise and potential. Like, we haven't seen him yet, so uh, I think there's a lot of excitement about the upside. What he's shown so far that Rizzo has not. um, I think, John, you said once that if you could mush the two of them together, you'd get, like, pretty much a a really good, solid third base prospect. Mm Mm-hmm. Or maybe we were talking about that with Honeyman, because like if you could somehow also Honeyman. Yeah. if you could no, also mash Honeyman in there, my Honeyman guy, and either of them would be you'd have <laughs> yeah you'd have yeah exactly you'd have they like, are similar players yeah uh, that would be like a top twenty prospect right because um, mm. the bat the bat is really exciting and I think that that is just because um, power tends to be a little a little bit louder tool in prospect rankings. I think the fact that Shenton has shown that and shown that at a greater degree at the same level than Rizzo did when he was at those levels. Mm -hmm. Of course, Rizzo was playing in like the absolute howling windstorms of the Midwest league. So, I mean, and he was, I mean, Shenton was was a child. Yeah. He was a literal child. So, I mean, I I can see an argument for both of them. Honestly, I'm excited to watch both of them play this year. But, um, and I think Shenton, I think Shenton might be getting a little bit more attention than he would have in a weaker draft class or a stronger draft class. First of all, because the the 2019 draft class sucked. I mean, it was. Yeah, it was not well regarded. It was not an exciting draft class, um, and it was not an exciting draft class for position players. And the Mariners took a gazillion college arms, so he really stands out as one of the very few position players. So I think just like because he's kind of a rara avis as far as the draft goes, um, his positioning within the system within this particular system he's getting a little more and and because he's a local kid he's got a great personality like all these things i think are kind of contributing to him maybe getting more buzz than say like a bobby honeyman would yeah i if i'm not mistaken there were only two non pitchers taken in the first 10 rounds by the mariners it was shenton in the fifth and classic senior sign shortstop Mike Salvatore. Ah, oh, yes. Mike uh, Salvatore. Exactly. I'm sorry. You have, to say it, you have to say it like that. That's true. He you gotta, really you gotta give a little bit too. of uh, enthusiasm. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think you're absolutely right there. That, like, you know, if he'd been acquired in a different way, he would not necessarily be as well, or at least not as prominently discussed. Uh, But yeah, I do think, you know, when you can hit for reasonable contact and you can hit for reasonable power, you know, I I saw Shenton at West Virginia um, for, uh, for a couple games at Lakewood and the only, you know, it was sort of 
you had Julio Rodriguez just absolutely sting the ball, and you had Austin Shinton sting the ball as well, and there were no other people sort of in the lineup just like making contact in the same way that those two did. Um, yeah, West Virginia was a West Virginia was rough last yeah, year. Yeah, hitting wise. So you know, obviously they've been playing Shinton a little bit in left field, sort of preparing him for for that. But I do think it would make a huge difference if he could stick in the infield, just because you know that that it's it. it takes so much pressure off of his bat if he can continue playing third and the reps are going to be there every day in the Mariner system at third base right now as opposed to in the outfield where they have a lot of guys who, mm-hmm. who would be splitting those those options for um okay well let's uh what about Braden Bishop who I think has spent parts of the last couple years in the in the middle or even the the back or even the middle of the sort of top 10 list uh for the mariners which i think is is as indicative uh, a lesson as any on the variability of what a top 10 prospect in a system look like you know obviously bishop is is someone who has has a lot of of positive characteristics but um you know there there is a reason he was not necessarily viewed as a center fielder of the future uh sort of type guy and he's had both a pretty underwhelming and incredibly unlucky uh sort of year and a half here maybe two years even mm-hmm. uh and and the club actually sort of sent him down to the minors even before spring training was suspended because he just hasn't looked quite the same since yeah ruptured spleen i believe it was yeah lacerated. even before that lacerated, lacerated. Spleen. He broke his right. arm or broke his wrist I yeah mean, yeah I he mean, was yeah he was the best hitter in tacoma by a mm-hmm. margin when he broke his wrist and everyone was mm-hmm. so excited to see him in seattle it was he was like two weeks away from 40-man call-ups and yeah yeah just then it was over so yeah. i don't know Wait, with, was, um, wasn't he in? Was I, th- that... I think he was still in Arkansas yeah. in 2018, but he, oh, was, gotcha. he was absolutely going to be a call up yes. regardless yeah. because he was hitting really well. The type of contact he was making was, you know, line drive with, yeah. you know, not not a, not significant power, but power to, you know, keep keep people honest. And you know, obviously the defense and the the speed and the base running is is there. Um, you know what i mean is there really a route to playing time and to sort of big league success still there for braden bishop i i want to pop in and say like um braden bishop's 2019 um it i don't think is reflective at all of the player that he is um it was, I mean, it, it's just, there are too many factors clouding it that I think we, you can't really get a great picture on things. Like, he didn't think he was going to make the roster at all. He was kind of like a very late addition to the 40-man. Finds out he's going to Japan. This is a huge deal. He has to go in and be Ichiro's defensive sub. Like, 
he's the one who replaced Ichiro in his final game ever. I mean, it's just, it, and then the, you have the lacerated spleen and just kind of all the general stuff a guy goes through. I do really want to, like, remember who Brayden was in double a in dickie stevens which we know is a is a difficult park for right-handed hitters he was hitting the ball with authority there and you know mm -hmm. so i think he just hasn't gotten his footing and i don't know how high the ceiling is because obviously like the, i don't know how much the power is going to be able to show up right. um against major league pitching but I think he's going to have, whenever they get back to play, a significantly better. I don't know if there's anyone, just because the bar is starting so low, he is going to uh, surprise some people this year, I think. That's my hot take on Braden Bishop. I think, I, I mean, I definitely think that's possible. Um, as far as the, the prospect side of things go, I, you know, you could still make a reasonable case based on the skill set that he's a top 10 prospect in the organization. The problem is... In July, he turns 27. Yeah. I mean, he's he's old for for prospect circles. And uh, frankly, if you know, if we were going off of some other parameters that other publications use, uh, Braden Bishop isn't a, isn't technically a prospect anymore. Um, but for this exercise, you know, he's going to get a ton of playing time in Seattle this year, and uh, he's going to get another opportunity to hit. The thing that's so intriguing about Braden is the floor is so high when you play such excellent defense. When, right. You know, when you go out and patrol center field, uh, it doesn't matter if you go out and hit 107. Um, you're still, you still have the ability to make a positive impact on the team. And, you know, one last thing I would add on the guy, it's not like his 2019 was a complete wash. He, he still went down to Tacoma and hit two like 280 and he hit eight home runs he had a two mm. i was just looking it up he had a 211 iso mark in yeah AAA, which yeah i mean <laughs> he looked all right he looked fine uh the problem was they they just wanted to get him right um so mm. i could still see him coming up and you know all the guy has to do is hit 240 just find a way to hit 240 you can run into three home runs hit 240 and play 70 grade defense and as a prospect you're going to be held in high regard because of what you can undoubtedly add to a team as a floor. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I am looking forward to seeing him getting more at-bats. Yeah. Uh, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, it's tricky for him just because there's such a, such a narrow sort of pathway because of how many people there are in the outfield. But, you know, 240, I mean, you, you, you know, a a lesser version of Kevin Pillar essentially is what what or you know something approaching Kevin Pillar is what people thought. Well, maybe this is what he can work out. You know, Kevin Pillar is a guy who's hit like two fifty to two seventy his whole career and has been a fabulous base runner and has mm -hmm. been extraordinary defensively. Like if Bishop is what ninety percent of that, you know eighty to ninety percent of that, like you know that is still. A big league career that can last for quite a while, um, but it, but he, you know, I don't. I worry that he's not going to have the opportunity, and especially in a shortened season like this, because of his yeah. age. You know that that window, it, and not that he's not going to get a chance to play summer. Like John Andreoli keeps getting shots, and like, <laughs> you know, like the, this type of player. 
continues to get looks. It just is. It would be nice, obviously, to see someone who has been with the organization their whole career, who was there when there was no one else, you know, realistically, uh, to to get that shot here. And I, I don't know if that long term is going to be the case or not, but we'll see. Yeah, the shortened season really hurts him because yes. Hanniger's injury paved the way for a lot of playing time for right. all of these guys. So. Right, right. And yeah, I mean, there's there's not going to be if I was Malik Smith, I would I would watch out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, all Malik has to do is come in and not be a knucklehead in center field. Right. You know, yeah, I mean, look I, like I, second half of the. Oh, I Malik's. mean, I mean, Malik Smith should watch out for like uh, sabotage. <laughs> oh, <he's>, gotcha. Because <laughs> he is the thing standing in the way to bring yes. Bishop getting regular. That's true. Time. That's true. But, uh, you know, never, on the other hand... Braden like, would never do that. He's a very yeah. nice guy. But. <laughs> um, you could watch out for a haircut, though. Say that. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, I'm saying that because Braden oh. is a... He's a barber. He's the clubhouse he is. barber. That's true. He is. He, That's true. I hear also Devin Sweet, so I really... Some content that i'm really well, sad pitchers missing and, you know, out pitchers on. And, and and position players don't really overlap right you gotta each have your own barber i don't know sweet does like um sweet does julio and you know if that's, julio is willing to let that's, that's the wild west no they're no, taking no. what they can afford no 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 come on come on this is julio like julio is no 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 I think That's Sweet funny. has a Sweet has only, a certain only Tucson's finest. Sweet has a certain clientele that maybe uh, Bishop doesn't have. Is what I'm saying. That's fair. There's room for uh, both of them. That's fair. Um, okay. Well, we got a few relievers here as well. Aaron Fletcher, the lefty. Art Warren, uh, sort of an older righty with with touching triple digits velo uh and sam delaplane who no one can really totally figure out why it works but it does um between these three uh who do you think has the best single pitch every time i see these rankings i want to shake them like i want to just get in there and move them around because Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about with Joey Gerber, like he could definitely be part of this conversation too. Um, there's just a clump of relievers. <laughs> Understand there's a clump of relievers. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's sort of what I was talking about with like the 16 to 30. There's a lot yeah. of variability. Uh, the higher you get, the, the less sort of. And honestly, more if we would have. If we would have done these rankings just a month later than we did as a staff. Uh, you probably would see quite a bit of shifting just among the arms because we've now seen. Uh, you know, a month of spring training games where there's tangible results that you yeah. can look at. So, and I, I mean, I, you can't make any determinations off spring training, but <clears throat> uh, Sam Delaplane, who just I would have said prior to this exercise or prior to spring training, I've been like, oh, it's it's Delaplane's, you know, call it what you want, slurve, slider, curveball, whatever it is, his out pitch. Uh, that just completely befuddled, you know, had like a 60% swinging strike rate or something. Um, Hmm. I would have said that pitch. But having watched all these guys pitch at different times, um, I might say Joey Gerber's fastball now. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Well, I I appreciate you cheating and and dodging the question, (laughs) but that's very fair. You know, I love love that thinking outside the bun. 
I mean, uh, sort of you know, mentality. there's an argument to be made for our Warren's curveball. Like, unfortunately, he had a real tough time commanding it in sort of a no. short. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say like... Max Scherzer's. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. And Aaron Fletcher's uh, Aaron Fletcher's slider was is okay. Also... Well, you, you picked one off the list, and now you're picking several. <laughs> I, I'm going to say like you're, you're just like all of uh, these. You're making things... a mockery, Kate. Listen, all of these. Pi- each of them has a really, really good plus pitch. Right. And we saw it, unfortunately, kind of to different... I saw Fletcher really struggle with command in a couple of his spring training outings. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that is the nature of relievers, kind of. Yep. It's a bad question, is what I'm saying, John. All right. Well, <laughs> I was thinking you would have one you like. Joe might have one he I liked. have one I like. I... <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, I'll, I'll stand by. I think he had trouble. Uh, he had, he had, you saw some real like welcome to the bigs moments with Dell playing this spring training, mm-hmm. but I am still a big believer that he will figure it out and uh, that that slurve slider curveball pitch is just guys can't, guys can't touch it. So, well, my vote Joe? would be. Braden Bishop's crow hop. All right, you're <laughs> no, all I'm kidding. cut so off. If no, if I had to take, if I had to give my, uh, I have a bit of a hot take. I you think you do have to give. <laughs> I, I, I do. So <laughs> I've talked to a lot of scouts that have uh, watched these guys, and I'm I'm gonna say Aaron Fletcher's changeup. How's that for? Uh, yeah. Interesting. Tell me yeah. more. Tell me more. So I, I talked to. Three different people. One of them is a player. Two of them are professional scouts. And everyone does rave about the two-seam slider combo that Fletcher has. But mm-hmm. last year, the changeup took a huge, huge step forward. And uh, I've heard some guys say it's a 55 pitch. And I know 55 is not a rating. But as it stands, it was a it was a 50 changeup. And now people are saying that's it, it could be a 50-plus, maybe up to a 60 by this time this year. So... Uh, when you can mix in a good changeup, uh, down and in on lefties, uh, or out and away on righties with that slider and, and two seam, I think that can really turn Aaron Fletcher into a, you know, kind of put him up into that Joey Gerber conversation for, uh, ceiling for, for a reliever, uh, obviously totally different players with their pitch mix mm-hmm. and what they bring to the team. But, um, if if Aaron Fletcher can find the command that Kate was talking about with the fastball and with the slider, because like I, I was talking to Sam Delaplane and Sam was like, Aaron Fletcher can't throw a baseball straight. It's impossible to play catch with him because he, he <laughs> didn't know what in those words going. So I don't know if he can hone it in. Uh, he could turn into a he could turn into a nice piece for the, an the extra Mariners. pitch would also give him. I feel like you could really maybe start to look at him as a multi-inning reliever too. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, which would be super valuable. And he has that. I mean, he's like the only guy in the organization that I can think of that he's given up one home run in his career, in his entire uh, minor league career. Excuse me, Jack Anderson would like to have a conversation Has with Jack you. done that too? Jack has given up one, and it was this spring training, and he looked so baffled by it. Poor Jack Anderson could also be on this list, right? Like, he's also part of that reliever clump. Um, never gave up a 
long ball in the minors, and yeah, that believe, streak came to an end this spring. That is, that's the that's the uh, Shea Simmons Award. <laughs> yes, hadn't, oh, hadn't given up a homer, and then all yeah. right, oh, all right. God, I loved Shea Simmons. I know you did. I'm oh. so sorry. Oh, heartbreaking, man. That's okay. Uh, John yeah, loved I, Alex Jackson too. <laughs> I, oh, I, I felt man. okay about Alex Jackson. I, I, I you could le- take it or leave it. I love Out of man, the Park uh, a lot, but also, but they have Alex Jackson rank rated the same as Shay Langliers in the Brave uh, system, and I just feel like that sounds like someone, you need to fire your scouting director. Someone needs get, to get take you a, new, a look at sorry, that. Sorry, fictional Scott Hunter. We need yeah, a new <laughs> maybe I director. should. Maybe I should. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I think, uh, just, just from what I've seen, um, I, I do have to go with, with Del Plane slider curveball as well. Um, that's a pitch that needs a name. Don't you think we need it? We need to well, come up with a nickname for let's that. Let's call pitch. it the last hurrah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, I think the thing for him is just that, you know, Who's the, who's the guy uh, the the Cleveland reliever James Karinchak or Karinchak? Oh, yeah. I think that Delaplane has a little bit of that uh, going for him, where it's like the fastball is you know not not blow you away fast. It's not really remarkable, but it's, it's not it, even it's below. It's like eighty nine right, ninety. Right. It is I think, I th- well I below. I believe Karinchak has a little more uh, velo than than that, but like. There's essentially just like it's the perfect like efficiency, uh, spin efficiency pitch in terms of like mm-hmm. the fastball is almost perfect backspin, and the sort of breaking ball has almost perfect topspin, and so yeah, Grinchak throws ninety seven and and yeah, his curve is like eighty four. So that yeah. you know that's why he is gonna be an incredible reliever most likely. Um, but Delaplane, you know, even with a lesser version of that, essentially has like a fastball and a curveball that look mostly the same for most of the way to the plate. And because of that, both pitches play up, you know, so you can't, it's not exactly one pitch, but the, but the, you know, they work in tandem really nicely and his delivery aids that even further so he he has less sort of room for error because of his velocity but but because of how he executes pretty consistently um i i think he's he's got sort of the the nicest combo there i think with delaplane you you hit the nail on the head the the delivery is very deceptive and he plays a he plays that fastball I heard that he was uh, 93-94 at gas camp this year, which would be good because mm-hmm. that's a couple ticks above where he was last year. And mm-hmm. if he can if he can average ninety, you know, high ninety twos, ninety three for the entire season, he's he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But against lefties, when he can throw that fastball and really dot it in the upper right hand corner of the strike zone and and play that curveball at their back foot, mm-hmm. it's a pretty loopy slurve. Uh, so it does it does tunnel really well with a yeah. with a fastball high and away, and then. Uh, you've seen him handcuff and sword some right-handers with that high fastball as well. So he's not a very tall guy. Uh, he creates a really good plane. No, <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> of the plane, so, you mean? Of the plane. He creates a yeah. of the plane. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's right. Yeah, joke. we are. Yeah, this quarantine is going fine. So no, that fastball. <laughs> must, that fastball must credit. Is nice. Must credit Keith Law. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways. Or uh, not. <laughs> 
let's just see let's see what happens with him this year. You can't you just can't ignore the the numbers. The numbers are just they're almost unbelievable when he you did, watch the I guy pitch. The best of, of a like a qualified pitcher, I guess the best strikeout to walk ratio in all of mm-hmm. minor league baseball. Well, I guess that, all of baseball, but you know, yeah, minor league baseball since it's harder at the big league level. Um, yeah, I think it's easily. one of the top. Three, I want to say it's one of the top three or four Ks per nine as well in all of minor league baseball. It was like seventeen or eighteen, right? Like it's it very, was, it was very, very high. You yeah. Know? I mean, because that was part of the thing was like, right, you know, he and he and uh, LJ Newsome sort of both had this fabulous sort of start. But then it was like, oh, well, you know, then they moved up, you know, in into double A. Um, but then double plane just continued to be absolutely bonkers. Uh, yeah, it was, it was around, around 15 or 16 K per nine. Um, and, you know, and double plane wasn't even having great results in high A. He just was obviously dominating and getting a little unlucky. And then in, in double A sort of had the opposite end of the spectrum, but like, yeah, it is extraordinary stuff. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see how that continues to play up. Um, okay, well, let's, uh, let's go to our next group here. Uh, we've, we've officially made it past reliever land and, uh, moving into a trio of guys who, at least for now, uh, can consider them all, uh, themselves all starting pitchers. We've got number 15 on our rankings, ready, uh, starter Isaiah Campbell. 2019 draftee. Uh, number 14 on the list, right-handed pitcher Sam Carlson. Uh, and then number 13, right-handed pitcher uh, traded away and back again for Edwin Encarnacion, uh, Juan Then. Uh, three pretty distinct profiles, really, uh, but, but all sort of lining up nicely. Um, who for you guys, uh, Joe? I want to hear from you first, and then Kate. Who of this trio is most exciting to you personally? Okay, so I'm gonna cheat like Kate and have two answers. <laughs> the both of you, I can't trust you for a minute. I'm just gonna I'm have not two. A cheater. I, There's three of us. I we have could one. Each pick one. <laughs> okay, fine. Fine. All right, no, I'll pick no, one. No, no I don't I'll pick one. Deny. I'll pick one for the exercise. I'm going to say uh, Sam Carlson is the most intriguing for me because he fits the profile of what a big league physical starting pitcher should look like. He's a big, tall, six foot four, um, lanky, you know, hard throwing righty that has a three pitch mix already. Um, I mean, granted, he hasn't thrown a baseball with any purpose for two years, but. Um, Plus changeup, above average changeup. He's still got 94, reportedly, from what I was hearing at spring training. He's still throwing the ball 94, 93, 94 uh, in Peoria. And he's got a very good slider curveball that they kind of meld together. It's not a perfect pitch yet. It's probably still a below average offering. But Mm -hmm. still, I want to say he turns 21 this year, or he just turned 21. Um, You got to be patient with him. It's going to be a couple of years. He's probably not going to see the big leagues until the end of you know, 2022 at this point. But if there's anybody on this list 
and that's with the outlier that Campbell's a giant unknown right now. If there's anybody on this list that I think has the best chance of sticking in a rotation and ultimately being a starting pitcher for the Seattle Mariners, it's probably going to be uh, Sam Carlson, as long as he stays healthy. Interesting. Yeah, I he's he he turned 21 this winter, so yeah, he's he's still quite young. I think the tricky thing for him, obviously, is he because he's essentially missed two year or a year and a half now, two years, pretty much guaranteed. He's got um, sort of a shortened developmental cycle in in a sense mm-hmm. um, because he's going to be Rule Five eligible. Uh, next winter, not this coming winter, but you know December of 2021, um, and he's thrown three innings. You know, they, they he's sort of got to make at least a little bit of a step. And it, you know, if he if he's unable to pitch well, then he's not going to get picked. But but that sort of this is the type of thing that teams run into with young pitchers who get hurt or or have slow development is that they are in danger of losing, you know, losing those guys to other teams. And, and so Carlson's development, I think I worry, I guess that the team needs him to be successful more rapidly than he may be able to be. Uh, and that they, they may, you know, that may be a tricky thing there. Um, Kate, you, you, you actually got a chance to talk to Sam Carlson a bit. I know you're working on, uh, sort of, writing that up and and sort of finding <coughs> the right yeah. time now that now that baseball is sort of all out of whack but i know but i feel so was, bad what, at <clears throat> what was what was his sort of mentality like when when you talked to him um he's a great kid like he has i think maybe not has had a life where he's had a a pretty good time of things like he looks and I cannot emphasize this enough. Like if the CW was casting a <laughs> high school show uh-huh. and they needed like a the baseball star who's going to get drafted. And I don't know, maybe he like falls in with some people who are trying to get him to do broids or something. I don't know, whatever mm-hmm. the, the plot line would be. <clears throat> but he just has the that he has the look like he he's looks... got the Calif- California looks <clears throat> right he's from, for a boy from Minnesota know, Midwest yeah. kid, Min- <clears throat> Minnesota <clears throat> no he's got like <clears throat> super kind of that all American just but he looks I mean he's got the size and strength to be a starting pitch and I, I think like he just maybe hasn't. He, he hasn't gone through it yet or he hadn't gone through it really mm-hmm. until uh until his elbow until the, blew out until on him the, the teach right you know what i mean yeah yeah <clears throat> it uh, it was a journey and i mean you've heard i've heard players talk about it before and what a what a journey it is how much you learn about yourself because you're basically like the thing you love most in the world gets taken away from you and mm. you and the thing you spend be, most of your time doing. Yes, you know? your career prospects, um, maybe the thing that your family is depending on you to do, a huge piece of your identity, like an enormous. And of course, you know, we know how how um, uh, mental issues are treated in the MLB, which is they are not. So you don't you don't get rough. any kind of support on that side of the journey unless you go seek it out yourself. 
Um, so it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really challenging journey back. And I think it's great how Sam just inserted himself into the process. He really embraced everything the Mariners mm-hmm. were telling him. Um, he took it as a, as a chance to really grow personally and, um, in developing like what he could develop, controlling what he could control. He went back to school, which his mom had always wanted him to do. So it was like a way to kind of take a pathway that had, he had thought had been closed off to him. It's a really interesting interview and I swear I will write it up. Sure. Uh, I had it written last year and then he just kind of <laughs> didn't. Um, pitch and now he, this he must feel so because this was like yeah. the spring training where he was gonna get back and get after it and i think he was really excited to play in front of fans even on the backfields mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now the rona has stolen has mm-hmm. stolen his he must feel so snake bit i feel so bad for that kid he was he was working with he, he sort of got um close with a couple uh a couple other people who had done Tommy John, right? Uh, yes. Brian Paul. Brian Paul was Michigan, like University of Michigan. <clears throat> Brian Paul was kind of his Sherpa. Max Roberts also, he, right? And was, I think Max was Max was either just ahead or just behind. I can't remember. I think just ahead. Um, so those guys really reached out and kind of showed him the way to mm. be, and then he in turn has been reaching out to guys like Michael Limoncelli and Blake mm. Townsend, who's an Australian pitcher that we signed in free agency. Um, at, who have both had to go through the Tige. And yeah. so he's now like made himself into the next link on that chain as a resource for those guys to reach out to. So mm. I think that's that's pretty cool. Mm. Uh, but yeah, sure would like to see him pitch. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure he would like to. Absolutely. Um, would would you say Carlson is also sort of the more most exciting one for you, or, or I don't want to take yours, and I feel like you're gonna say I feel like I know what you're gonna say, so I should well, probably we'll see. we'll see we'll see how it goes. <laughs> you're gonna say one then. Uh, no, I was ten. gonna say Isaiah Campbell. So you, you were all right. Yeah, I'll take I'll take I'll take ten then. I'll please, take him. Please. Uh, who I was not like ever all that excited about personally, but yeah, it's been a slow burn. It has been, it has been, and now I think like um, I just I like him a lot as a person. I think he's got a real drive and hunger. Um, he's a he wants to guy, kind of right? be out you know, there. He's... He is, he is. He's got a little bit of that Strowman like chip on his shoulder, height mm-hmm. doesn't measure heart kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like that. It's not that. the size he... of the fight, dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog. <laughs> I know, just look over, we're just gonna start translating, uh, Marcus Stroman's various tweets into Spanish now. Um, he, he's put on a ton of good weight, he's listed at 155 most places, he's closer to like 200 now. Um, when I talked to Freddy Batista, who is one of my favorites in the organization, he's a catcher, a really solid kid. Um, huge. I mean, he's a typical catcher, you know, big, big time leader is interesting because he spent a lot of time in the DSL and kind of here. I, they're grooming him maybe to be kind of an org catcher. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, they definitely like him and he was giving me some scouting reports on the players at spring training. And I said, who should I watch out for? Like, who is, mm. who is the most improved? Who is everyone going to be talking about? And he said, one then, um, that he's just, yep, that he's, he said up at 97, 98. So that yeah. would be very exciting. Cause I think some of the reports we have are like 94, 95. 
Mm-hmm. Freudy says higher than that. So. I've 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 heard that from uh, some coaches within the organization that from yeah. at gas camp he was ninety seven ninety eight. So I, I can definitely check that out. I am really really bummed that I did not get to see him throw at spring training because I was looking for him. Well, and he's I was gonna try young. to like oh uh, yeah he's he twenty just turned he's 20. twenty and like just yeah. like turned Baby twenty in 20. February yeah like, like super super young so yeah, yeah they, he's twenty in the same way Julio is nineteen like yeah. it just happened yeah. Uh, so he is, uh, yeah, no, I will, I will go ahead and you know, I love, I stand a short king, so mm-hmm. you, you love your love. <laughs> I will, I will go ahead and, and throw my enthusiasm behind mm-hmm. 110. Sure. Okay. Well, I, I'll, I'll take up the mantle on Isaiah Campbell. This is uh, such a surprising reversal for us because I was the high one on Campbell when he got drafted. He yeah. was one of my pre-draft. I was. I, for the first time ever, I literally screamed when his name was announced. <laughs> I was so excited the Mariners picked him. So this I is mean, this is a little bit of an interesting reversal for mm-hmm. us, John. Well, I mean, it was part of the thing that was fun was the Mariners have had some good drafts, some bad drafts. What they haven't really had in a long time is a draft where they took a fairly high profile player. Um at least in terms of a player who that is only... true they've had a bunch where like the the MLB yeah. analysts yeah, like, are sitting there at the desk yeah. like Wyatt yeah. Mills <laughs> right right you know or at least you know like oh people were like you know people knew who Evan White was Evan White was on you know in top 15s in top 20s of course but also like Kentucky wasn't amazing you know you weren't seeing Kentucky play you know, right. all the deep into the deep into the college. I went back and looked. The Mariners. I, I don't remember when the last one was, but it it is not out of the question that it was all the way back to Dustin Ackley and Kyle Seeger when the Mariners had a first over or like first round pick that was playing in the college in the World college series. series. Wow, where was Zunino? Was oh Z- yeah, Zunino. Florida. Florida. Yes, Zunino. Uh, Zunino would have been. Yeah. And, cause, I think cause, it'd be Zunino. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, I think you're right. Yeah. So so Zunino was there, but you know, but he, that was a big part of it, right? Like people knew who Mike Zunino was even before he was a member of the Mariners. And Isaiah White. Campbell, I mean, it's fair to say too. White was not a sexy pick. He was like no, no. strong defense. I mean, he was about as we were boring. Bumped. We were as, We were. We were. I'm so sorry, Evan. I've seen no, the I mean, error you know, in my ways. But the, the, yeah, no, no. Well, but like this was the you know the reason you pick someone like Evan White is because there's a very high likelihood he is a major yes. league player, and he is a major league player because you know like. But so the flavor you, is overwhelmingly vanilla. Exactly, and so. So it was cool at a base at a baseline level of just enthusiasm watching, you know, for an entertainment angle to see, you know, oh, this guy was picked by the Mariners and he is pitching yeah. <laughs> Friday night uh, yeah. you know, in the biggest game of his life in the College World Series and absolutely just crushed it for Arkansas. Um you know, it's and, like a and, tiny little sliver of what the Kumar Rocker experience might right. be if you knew that you were yeah, getting Kumar. Exactly. So, so Campbell, uh, you know, there's sort of a lot of uncertainty in, in particular because um, he sort of took the Logan Gilbert route and did not pitch in uh, in 2019 after being drafted. Uh, Arkansas, obviously as we just mentioned, went into the College World Series. He was leaned on pretty heavily as one of their best pitchers. Um, 
And so the Mariners essentially said, we're not going to have you throw. We're going to just have you uh, sort of. He was with the team, which is yeah, different yeah, yeah. from was, Logan he, Gilbert. Logan Gilbert was totally isolated because well, of the he had mono, surgery. You know, but he was, he was Campbell, you know, partying like, too hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Campbell exactly. made these connections with like Brandon Williamson and um, right. Kuhn and some of the other like you know, guys that we drafted. Yeah. 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 So they were all hanging out together up in Everett. They went on like day trips to Victoria together, which is adorable. Right. They rode ferries. I mean, come on. That's the experience every Mariners prospect drafted out of college should have. They should all get to go to Everett, hang out, and like do tourism of the upper left of the country. Don't you think? Uh, absolutely. Yes. You know, get, a, get a sort of <laughs> real good read on, on what we got going. Uh, hey, it sold Evan White. I mean, that's, that's why yeah. he signed his extension. That's true. Reportedly. Um, yeah, so, you know, Campbell, uh, the, the sort of exciting thing with Campbell, he has four pitches that could very feasibly track all the way to the bigs. He's He's got enough pitches that are, pl- you know, sort of sort of feasible that, you can still see a starter there um, that you don't really have to worry about bullpen, uh, you know, future um, initially, which is which is a nice thing to see. He's big, you know, he's 6'4", 220, 225. Um, very he has invested. a large lad. Yeah, very, very sort of proactive uh, buy-in on um, sort of advanced training and, and uh, analytics and you know it, it's just sort of all the things you would like to see from a modern pitcher. Um, that Arkansas program does not suck either. No, they they no. they've, they've turned out some pretty good players Joe's, on both sides. Joe's boy, if I'm not mistaken, who, who hopefully we could see. <laughs> uh, although, you know, well, you know, rough start, but who knows? You know, brutal just, start. Yeah, but but you know, the season's over. So okay. great. Did it really happen? Did it really good happen? Save. Was it a save, John? <laughs> Well, let me see. Let me take a look at your resume here. Oh, why your last job was only two months. Can you explain that? Yeah, I got fired, but I tell you what, the next eight months would have been rock solid. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I mean, maybe, Ka- maybe Casey can them. pitch himself a little bit. Casey Martin can pitch himself a little bit. The, yeah, no, the, I, by the way, this is who we're talking about. We're talking about, yeah, Casey, we're talking Martin. about Casey Martin, Arkansas For shortstop. those of you who yeah. aren't in the slack and haven't listened to Joe talk about how much he loves Casey Martin from Arkansas. Oh my God. That, yes. hey, that dialogue ended like game one. Because yeah. so. <laughs> he's still swinging at pitches like he's Vladimir Guerrero, That's so right. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I'll just say... With, with regards to Campbell, he was the person I was probably most excited to see in the system this year. Um, you know, just because when you have a guy who is healthy and they only put the focus on essentially training, uh, you know, physical development and sort of mental mental skills and planning, like the gap between who they were the last time you saw them and who they are going to be when they come back and you see them next. I, I think that's really exciting. Um, you know, in 22 year old who probably was going to start in West Virginia, maybe Modesto. Um, you know, there, I still think that's probably going to be the case. Um, whenever, whenever, whenever we whenever have the baseball season does again. Start. So, yeah. um, 
you could see him following not necessarily at the same level as Logan Gilbert, just because Gilbert was so is so um, precise with everything he does, and not to say that Campbell's you know screwing things up. It's just Gilbert's huge and has been really good, uh, so that's a big ask. But but you could see Campbell being sort of that fast moving starter kind of type player, uh, getting grounders <laughs> with the sinker and. Um, you know, using every pitch to uh, to make things play up. So I, I'm curious to see how that grows. And I think one thing that Campbell has as an advantage over Gilbert is I think he comes in a little better conditioned because he did pitch so deeply, because right. he had sort of a heavier workload, there, especially there towards the end. Maybe you don't see that slowdown that happened for Gilbert at the end of this year which was really his first year of professionally pitching right. um, with Campbell, who also just has kind of, if you want to understand the scouting term, um, li- limited physical projection left, like that is Isaiah. Isaiah Campbell has built out to the edges of his lot. Yeah. He has gone up as far as is mm. uh, allowed in the neighborhood covenant. Mm. Every inch of square footage is accounted mm. for there. So yeah. he's yeah. not going to be like... Gilbert, but, you know, you he's know, already 91 to 95. And, yeah, and no, is, I mean, a, it, you know. it's just that you're kind of seeing seeing his ceiling cap, and now it's just about maintaining that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, that could be something that That's that fair. could make him go quickly, honestly. That's fair. Yeah. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, okay. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to our last two guys here then. We've, we've got <laughs> two position players, uh, both of whom I, I think have had, had really impressive years last year. Uh, Starting at the uh, well, starting at different levels, um, we've got number twelve outfielder Jake Fraley, who started at Double A Arkansas, moved up to Tacoma, and eventually made it to the Bigs. And number eleven catcher Cal Raleigh, uh, who started in High A Modesto, absolutely clobbered the ball around town and moved up <laughs> to Arkansas. Um, I let let's start with. Uh, Cal Raleigh, who sort of the read on him, switch hitting catcher, very oh, fun. So we're gonna uh, have know. dessert. We're gonna have dessert first here. Well, we're gonna do dessert, and then we're <laughs> gonna do uh, sort of aged dessert, and then we're gonna do I don't know, you know, whatever, whatever you're kind of feeling. Uh, I, 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 as someone who likes Fraley a lot, I, I consider Fraley 
not the more exciting prospect, but certainly someone exciting. I know. We can really tell who's driving this pod at this you point. You sure can. Because... Um, <laughs> <laughs> more, more important, who's editing the pod? Uh, <laughs> so, Rally, Rally, obviously, switch hitting, catcher, excellent power, both sides of the plate. Um, you know, a little bit of swing and miss for sure, uh, but walks commensurate to his power. Kate, you wrote a sort of two-part series that I thought was actually really fabulous, um, going in-depth on both sides of the game for Cal Raleigh, as well as, you know, looking at the game-calling and leadership uh, for Raleigh. Um, Do you think he has the defense to stick at catcher? And, And, Joe, I'd love to hear from you as well. Yeah, maybe let's let Joe talk because he hasn't talked in a while, and I, I will try to edit my comments about Cal Raleigh. <laughs> uh, so I, I really like Cal Raleigh. I think he's, I think he's going to be a good pro. I, uh, for me, the only question on Raleigh right now is whether or not he's going to be a, a big league regular or if he's going to be, um, you know, a full time kind of four day a week catcher. And I think a lot of that might be dictated by whether or not Seattle decides to spend on a catcher because they've got, they're going to have a lot of money to spend. And if JT real Muto doesn't get paid uh, soon by the Phillies, I think he's a pretty attractive option uh, after this year. But as far as what the, what the profile brings, he's definitely got a good arm. It's just a matter of the footwork and putting it on the spot. It was a really, really tough year for his arm at Arkansas, but it did, it did show some signs of life at the end of the season. But if we're being honest, Cal Raleigh is going to make his money and he's going to make his impact with his bat. And if he ends up being, I've, I don't know why I've always done this, but I've always likened his profile to Jared Saltalamachia. And I, I can't really put my finger on why just because he's a big imposing force at the plate who swings at the first pitch and hits tanks all, all the time. And so, I mean, if, if he could come up and, you know, hit 240 with 25 home runs, uh, it doesn't take much to get you into the conversation of being one of the better catchers in the league. And that's that's probably a top 10 catcher in the league, if we're being honest. 240 and 25 home runs. Like, yeah. Zanino was hitting 25 home runs, batting 210. And I know the defense was far more advanced, but there were people that thought he was a top 6-7 catcher in the league. So, yeah, I, I really like the profile. Um, I think he's going to be – I think he's going to be great. I think so. Are you assuming that he is sticking at catcher? Yeah, I mean he's good enough to stick at catcher. If if he needs two more years of seasoning to get the technique and the footwork down, just so he can, you know, have a have an arm that plays at the big league level, I think that's I think that's fine. There are there are worse arms in the big leagues right now than what you could find in Cal Raleigh. I think the arm is a strength, honestly. So <clears throat> I'm going to tip my hand a little, obviously, because I am a, a big, big Cal Raleigh stan. Um, <clears throat> and just overall, I think I discovered in, like, really digging deeply with him, like, how interested I am in catching overall. Like, uh, <laughs> I posted a gif of mm-hmm. him from spring training where he nailed a runner at first base and I just thought it was a great for or at second base, um, trying to steal. I just thought it was a great throw, honestly. Um, it's just a complete rocket. It's exactly on a line. 
Um, but catching Twitter found it, and I learned so many things that day. <laughs> so many things from catching Twitter about, like, um, just looking into stances. I wasn't aware, like, the kind of conversation that has happened between the traditional kind of squat stance and then left knee down, right knee down. Uh, the right knee down, one knee down was kind of popularized by actually Tanner Swanson, who um, has ties to the UW in this area and was the catching coordinator for the Minnesota Twins, where he popularized that with Mitch Garver, who obviously was one of the best catchers in the league last year. Um, and now he's taking that to the Yankees. So I'm excited to see what he does with um, Sanchez. But Tony Arnerich, who is the Mariners catching coordinator, I think is also kind of part of that maybe uh, group of thought leaders. Let's put it that way. So he's had Cal down on one knee since last year. Um, the interesting thing is, I, and I, I haven't seen this in other catchers yet. I've been kind of watching and trying to see if anyone else. So Cal will alternate right knee down, left knee down. Um, and the throw that he made was left knee down, which is what catching Twitter was so excited about. Uh, because, and I think that that plays into the fact that he's a switch hitter and it's just easy for him to kind of shift from the right side of his body doing things, the left side of his body doing things, and all of those things to work in harmony together. So that gives you a huge advantage to be able to go down on either knee behind the plate because that means you can adjust to where the pitch is better. Um, you can adjust to batter handedness. It just kind of gives you a lot of flexibility that going down on just the one knee kind of take, can take away from behind from a traditional squat stance. So I just, I think there's a ton of things that Cal Raleigh does that aren't showing yet or aren't being noticed um, that are going to really start showing up big. Uh, he threw out a better percentage of runners at Modesto than Joey Bart was. He, I mean, he was nailing guys. Um, that fell off in double A because I think it was just overall, that was a rough promotion for him. I don't think he was, I mean, it's hard to say. I don't, I don't know that he wasn't ready, but it was a challenge level for him and he was challenged on both sides of the ball. Cal doesn't really get too frustrated or show too much frustration, but he was, I think, frustrated there with just kind of hitting these walls on it was tough. I mean, it was tough for him in a way that I don't think baseball had been tough for him before, professional baseball, because he pretty much had a nice time getting through Everett. He stumbled a little in, in Modesto and then kind of got on track, was like the hottest hitter in the league there. So, um, yeah, I think Cal is overall underrated, but I think his defense might be the most underrated thing about him. Interesting. Um, do you... Do you think that sort of like the, especially the type of uh, role that the, that the organization is having him in, which, which really does seem to be like they are leaning into him as a leader. Do you, yeah. do you think that that uh, will, will sort of help fast track him almost not, not that they're going to necessarily rush him, but like, They've obviously made an effort to put him and Logan Gilbert and Jared Kelnick and all, all, a lot of these guys in sort of a group that they're going to move up together. Um, do you think that he will be able to, with his on-field play, 
move up with that group or or as joe said you know do you think it's potentially likely he takes maybe another year or two until he's sort or well not a year or two two years because one year would be pretty quick um you know do you think it takes him a little longer to get up than than a lot of than the rest of that group i mean i think a huge part of that is just catching it's really Mm -hmm. hard to catch yeah um and he is dealing with like Although he did play his sophomore year at uh, FSU, he was hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of an undisclosed injury. So he he hasn't had totally... Un- he's durable, but he hasn't had totally uninterrupted development time, I think. And the Mariners have made a lot of changes to him, mm-hmm. too, since he was at FSU. Mm-hmm. Um, they've changed his throwing motion to be a little more efficient, which I think is uh, sort of almost like that arm slot conversation that we had when... Um, Lance Painter had James Paxton drop down Mm -hmm. to his Mm -hmm. natural arm slot. They've had Raleigh drop down from an overhead motion into kind of more of a three quarters. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think just like developmentally, because he's gone through some changes, because catcher is a difficult position, they have fast tracked him from the moment he set foot in the organization. You know, they sent him to Everett. They sent him to a uh, high performance camp. They sent him to leadership camp. Like they have mm-hmm. sent him everywhere they yeah. could possibly send him. They sent him straight to Modesto. He didn't get any time in West Virginia, must to the chagrin of his North Carolina based family. <laughs> um, you know, they, they moved him. I, I, they moved him to Arkansas. I thought pretty quickly and primarily to be part of that group of the future i think cal is the loser in this in that he just developmentally has a harder job than these other guys do yeah and he didn't get to go up and be logan gilbert and like crush immediately he didn't get to be jared kelnick and go up and you know make this huge noise he went up and he struggled because his job is hard it is so hard to be (laughs) a catcher and i i agree I, i think it's i'm glad to see him at least get a chance to struggle in the minors a little bit as opposed to you know sure Mike Zunino sure. where obviously that's the the easy sort of comparison that people are going to draw but like Mike Zunino was great in the minors and then I think I think struggled a little bit but in AAA but like got promoted so quickly and did not have the time to succeed then hit a level where he was failing make an adjustment yeah and, and develop, you know i mean he was he was in the big leagues where it was so hard to figure things out uh that you know that's and, and maybe he never would have adjusted entirely but you know obviously we saw him become a capable but pretty flawed and inconsistent player in a way that he really could have been more and hopefully we see uh that work out a little better or at least a little more consistently for rally relative to his potential. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, in, when we talk about Mike Zanino, uh, I'm surprised we haven't heard more Mike Zanino, Cal Raleigh. Why do you keep saying rally by the way? It's, uh, I don't know. (laughs) It's Raleigh. (laughs) I, I, Joe, can I get, can I get a, a ruling here? Uh, sounds to me like Kate's coming off the top rope. Yeah, no, I I, I believe you. I'm just you know I I don't know. Is it is it Raleigh nor is it Raleigh? It's Raleigh, yeah, North it's, Carolina. It's Raleigh, Raleigh. Raleigh. Yeah. yeah, like Raleigh fingers. Yeah, there you go. Man, that's weird. Can you imagine him with that mustache? That would be glorious behind the plate. Yeah, 
Oof. Um. <laughs> That'd be just out the side of the mask and just like through the front of the mask. I mean, that would be fantastic. I'm looking at Mike Zanino's minor league WRCs just because I was curious. And holy cow, he had a WRC of 233 in 2012 yeah, very, at short A. Yeah, he, was very, <laughs> he, he really, you know, he was better than Everett. I mean, my God. When, you, when you're the probably the best player in the country, yeah, definitely clobbering definitely the better. SEC. And you then probably don't need him, to play in Everett. <laughs> they moved him to double A. He had a WRC of 166. And then 2013, he went to AAA, put up a WRC plus of 96, and they were like, to the bigs! Yeah, yeah he could not hit a breaking ball in Tacoma. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. What? Yeah. So, I just, whenever people, like, that's obviously not a comparison that we're going to make. Raleigh is given, being given the chance, the gift of struggle in the minors. And you saw it, too. <laughs> they were running him out as the secondary catcher. We did... We saw some Austin Nola. We saw some Tom Murphy, Austin Nola. We saw a lot of Cal Raleigh getting those third team reps or sometimes even second team, you know, in split squad days. So they're obviously putting him in a position where he's being challenged, but he's also being told, like, you are our future We want you getting familiar with these people. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we know you're going to struggle, but we have faith in you and... Mm -hmm. I just I think there is not a player on the list who I think is going to be a bigger breakout conversation next year. Oh my god, how did we miss this guy? I I mean I would say maybe Logan Gilbert just because I think he's going to he's so much more majors adjacent. That would be mm. the other argument I could see for this, but I really think people are going to be like how did we miss Cal Raleigh? I like it. Oh, yeah, um, I definitely you're spot on. I think the industry is very low on on Cal. And I just think it's, I think we're actually appropriately tempering our expectations, putting him outside of the top 10, but mm. I, I've seen, I've seen publications that don't have him in the top 25. Oh, for that's catchers. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I, yeah. I think he's definitely a top 15 catching prospect in the game. And that's simply because of the power that he supplies. Right. And that's not counting anything else. So yeah, I think a lot of people are sleeping. On it has been really useful to just because we play with the Giants so often in our minor league systems. It was really interesting to watch Joey Bart and Cal Raleigh develop at the same time in Everett or in the Northwest League and then move on to Modesto, the Cal League, um, and just kind of watch them. Cal is not as good as Joey Bart. He's not. But Joey Bart is like a top 10 what what is Bart ranked like? Is he he's in the top ten? I don't think he's that high. I think really? he's in, I think he's floating around eighteen. I can <sighs> take a look, but no. I mean, I, Joe, I Joey totally Bart though saying. is a legitimate like first round top prospect in the game talent, mm -hmm. and Cal was keeping pace with him for a while. He did not have the same success in Double A that Joey Bart had, um, but you know he he is Joey Bart adjacent. Like, he's not in the same league as him, but he's close. He's Joey Bart light, and he's not getting enough credit for that, I think. So, we've got, we, we've talked about Raleigh a lot, and. Sorry. Obviously, John. No, 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 that's quite all right. Well, I'm going to mute myself now and let you. No, I, 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 I think probably listeners certainly have a have at least a little bit more of a sense of Jake Fraley just because you get you got to see him at the big league level and he's been sort of a major force in spring training both last year and this year um, so even if you're not you know a prospect 
head, as it were, you you probably got a chance to see Fraley and and sort of what he's all about. Um, so I don't need to go too in depth on him. Obviously, he got hurt last year and wasn't able to um, quite perform at the level that people might have hoped in the short big league stint he got. It was like twelve, fifteen games, something like that. Of these two, um, do we think we have zero, one, two long-term solutions for a starting position on sort of the next quality Mariners roster? Uh, I think we, we've, we've talked a lot about Raleigh, and I think there's, there's a decent sense that he is going to be one of the guys of the next kind of core, as it were, do we think there's? Do we think they are both good options to be starters or, or at least major rotation players? Joe, what, what, what do you think for for that? I think Fraley is going to surprise the hell out of a lot of people this year, and he's going to. I think he's going to put up like a two seventy batting line, and everyone's going to be stunned. To be honest, I, I, I'm really high on Jake Fraley. I don't think. Uh, on the next contending team, I think he's probably going to be a rotational outfielder that still gets 200 to 300 at-bats in a year, but uh, he's going to be one of the better uh, fourth utility outfielders in the game. And then I, I kind of gave my two cents on Raleigh. I'm somewhere in between him being a full-time catcher and a uh, you know a DH uh, second catcher kind of profile. Um, it just depends on whether or not he can prove to be sufficient behind the plate and not strike out uh, quite so much. So I know this is a bit of a cop-out, but I think the answer is somewhere between zero and two. <laughs> that is the possible answer. <laughs> so thanks, Joe. Everything you said <laughs> okay, up until Okay, okay. No fabulous. more calling me a cheater mm. because I highlighted no, just each reliever's best You know, pitch. I understand. No, this is no, a popular... This is a, that is cheating. That is weaseling. This is, mm-hmm, this Weasel. Is just, uh, just morally. Bankrupt. I don't like to be wrong. <laughs> Weasel. You know what? Here, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I, it is weaseling. I <laughs> am someone who does not enjoy the sort of. I don't. I don't get enthusiasm out of hot takes generally. Like no hot takes for the for the. They physically pain me. It so, pains me so to make a hot take. I do appreciate sort of a measured suggestion. And I, you know, when, I, when I'm putting these questions out there, I'm trying to get, you know, sort of taking a stand. I was taught in sophomore year history and English <laughs> class, you have to make a thesis statement and it can't be, uh, you know, this was big, for, uh, this was important and also not important. You know, you have to actually take an opinion. So... Uh, with that in mind, I do appreciate the measured, measured sort of response, Joe. And you're a coward. That's that's you know, that's, just, that's what it is. Uh, no, yeah, I, I mean that's that's fair. I've been called worse. <laughs> that's fair. I don't know. I, I don't big. like to. I don't like to. You know, bloat guys up to where it's like, oh yeah, you know, this guy's definitely going to be the center fielder of the future, or mm-hmm. this guy's going to be, you know, a switch hitting enigma. You know, the next catcher Matt that's going to be great. Right. I mean, I don't want to blow smoke up anyone. Um, so I think having a measured approach 
is is the way to go with both of these guys because I think both of them are fringe players, unfortunately. I don't think either one of them screams off the page that um, they have a higher likelihood of panning out than not. And that's, that's why they're here. You know, that's, you know, yeah, like you I mean, said, we're I mean, right on the bubble of the top ten. Right. Kate, what, what, what do, where do you stand on, on these two? I mean, you know where I stand, and where I stand is I like Fraley. Like, I, I think Fraley is... I love his approach towards hitting. Um, mm. I'm a little worried about his health. Yes. Um, I have an unfairly bad opinion of him in the outfield, mostly because he can't play left field. Like, what the hell is that? He's a fine center fielder. You put him in left field, and he's like, uh, he's oh looked, God, he's who is our, a little who is our, ter- who is our terrible left fielder out there? Love Raul right? Abanez? No. That's Randy Wynn? That's fun. Recently. Al Martin? Butch Husky? Oh, my God. I got a laundry list of them. <laughs> Recently. Justin Ruggiano? Domingo Santana. Kristen Orton? Hey, that's what well. I'm going for. That was the first. I might be going for Domingo. Domingo was painful. It was painful Domingo to watch was, him play. Domingo actively made you wonder how that was a choice <laughs> that you made. Yes. So athletic. And yet. So I mm-hmm. get some severe Domingo Santana uh, PTSD type vibes Oof. from watching jake fraley in left field i don't know why is that just from the one play where it was pretty catastrophic because i mean i i saw raul banez hit his foot with a baseball trying to throw it to second base we still have a category on (laughs) lookoutlanding.com called raul banez takes pride in his defense and if you have never looked it up when you go to lookoutlanding.com right now hold your thing over categories and look at that just look at that grouping of of gifts it is just the best thing not the best thing jeff sullivan did necessarily but but man it is good like oh Oh. Uh, no, it is not based on that. It's based on that game he had in Chicago where he got tangled. My mental image of him it is rough didn't that's actually like happen. The third thing but that it's comes him up being like swallowed by the ivy like a <laughs> like a horror movie or something. Like the ivy monster coming out and getting him. I don't I don't know. That that it's, ivy I wouldn't say is indicative of his ability in left field. It's it's his ability to get out of tough situation <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah that is, i was like that is the thing that i'm most concerned about with Fraley because i i like him at the plate a lot i think he has enough power to be like a double digit home run guy and have like a you know average iso maybe even a tick above average just because he runs pretty well um he just he gets he's been hurt a lot and it's yeah. it is you know, injuries are luck based to a degree, but it is also, you know, are is it a Michael Saunders situation where things that might not injure the average person lead to an injury <laughs> Just a for him? Magnet. He has right. a disaster magnet. Yeah. Like mm. you know, it's Don't you know, get me started on Saunders. Right. Oh man. You know, and so like that's that's what I worry about with Fraley, where it's like this is clearly a profile like it's a it is a reasonable power, good reasonable play discipline good speed should be a reasonable outfielder defensively at every position but you know that's a profile that should work it's just so like sad that like and, and i worry that that is not going to get there for him because he had the ankle injury last year he had the wrist thumb. injury which was you know or the thumb yeah thumb injury where he collided with malik Smith. you know i mean that's like that's fluky stuff you know and he's he's 
by all accounts well liked he's he's got a good work ethic he he's you know the mariners have encouraged his sort of mentality in terms of how he's adjusted his swing yeah you know who else had a smart mentality about hitting mitch hanniger clearly (laughs) thinking makes you hurt in fairness he did hit a baseball into his own nuts like that's that's not so much like that's the brain doesn't have too much he hit a ball into his own nuts he got hit in the face with a baseball i mean like yeah it's not like james paxton or was it paxton who got caught in a pitching net like Yes, that's, yeah, that's that happened. Level. And and remember when Paxton hurt himself doing a push-up? Fell God. on his... Yeah, like, see, there's a spectrum yeah, here. And yeah. getting a foul ball in the nuts is towards the bottom. I just yeah. feel like this is the baseball gods deliberately trying to keep the game full of boring, stupid players. They're like, oh, <laughs> a sliver of intellectualism! Can't have that! God. Um, yeah. so, I want to talk about Cal Raleigh, though. Yes. Or, unless you want to finish up on, no, on Fraley, no. because I, I honestly... I, well, here, I'll say, I think Fraley should be... Um, I would... I don't know. I don't know that Fraley is... I, I think Fraley's Ideally, he's like a very good fourth outfielder for the next team. But uh, it really bums me out that we... I think he is one of the biggest losers of this time off. Yes, Because absolutely. he was going to be the opening day starting probably right fielder, you know, whatever whatever it was going to be. And he's not going to be now. And yes, you know, he can just be in AAA, but like he's, he's going to be 25 this year. And it, he just... He needed time to you know sink or swim and he's not gonna have that same opportunity and you know kelnick's coming julio's coming you know there's a wave of outfield prospects ready to so if his if his obligation is to beat out kyle lewis like and that's sort of his only sort of spot, you know, like he can maybe he can probably, I mean, obviously we ranked him ahead of Braden Bishop because we, we think he's got more potential because, you know, sort of that Shenton Rizzo thing, like power makes a huge difference. Um, but I don't, I worry that the opportunity isn't going to be there for him and that that's going to hurt him a lot. And, yeah, I because I I think Raleigh I think Raleigh is going to be one of the one of the two catchers for the next six to eight years I hope, um, and that that should be fine. I I don't I don't think he's going to be a star, but I think he'll be, um, you know I think he'll hit for good power. And I think he'll be a good leader, and I and I you know if he's a improves defensively, that's great, um, but. I, I think Fraley is missing out on an opportunity right here that I don't know that he's going to get again. Oh, so. that's so heartbreaking. Yeah. Let's talk about Cal Raleigh instead. Hit me. Hit me. <laughs> uh, because I think he is going. Let me let me climb up on my hot takes box. Let me mm. fire up the hot takes mobile. Mm-hmm. I think Cal Raleigh will be a star. Hey, but I think that that's because the bar for being a star as a catcher that's is star catcher. kind of low. That's, that's... Uh, I was looking at the wins above average posted by catchers last year. Obviously, we know Seattle led with 1.9, uh, tied with Philadelphia and Minnesota. Again, Mitch Garver, the genius of Tanner Swanson right there. Mm. Um, 
And then it's like Cleveland 1-7, Houston 1-5, you drop down to New York, Arizona, and then we're below one. And then by the time we hit 12 on the list, which is Atlanta, we're into the negative numbers. So it's just, it's a real rough time for the catching position. And I think that the arrival of Joey Bart and Shea Langliers and some of the other, like, really kind of... Adelaide Rutschman's on the horizon. Rutschman. Oh, my God. How did I forget Rutschman? Ugh. Uh, Slap me in the face with a beaver tail. Um... Uh, who's the other one? Camposano. Camposano. That's I why I have one here at, at my desk. <laughs> I mean, I assumed you did. Uh, the, I think that the catching position is, and obviously it's difficult for catchers to work out there, but I think teams have gotten really smart about going high sc- or going away from high school catchers. Sorry to Drew Romo. And who's the other one? other top tier catcher. Soderstrom. Soderstrom, thank you. Uh, I think that they've gotten smart about, okay, we have to draft college catchers. Um, this is the skill set we're looking for. And, and I think that the position is about, I, I don't see all of those guys busting. Like, I think the position is about to have a really fun infusion, but currently, um, and Raleigh is kind of on the forward slope of those guys. Um, I just, I don't think it'll be that hard for him to be a pretty good catcher just because the bar is so low. Mm. Um, to feed sort of right into the, into sort of our final question or two here. Um, obviously Raleigh, uh, sort of has the best pathway to consistent work of any of these guys, right? You know, if you can catch and hit, you're going to, you know, you're going to move up a system. Um, in this group, you know, from Shenton through the relievers, Bishop, you know, and, and our starters and, and the last two guys, is there anyone in this group that you could see a year from now, uh, you know, assuming we get at least like half a season of baseball, we get some graduations, who could be maybe not the top prospect in the system, but but one of the top, top prospects of the system, just because it'd be very hard to see someone other than Julio Rodriguez being at the top of the right. prospect list. But, you know, who, who, I guess, do you think has the chance to make the biggest leap in, in a single season here? I think my vote would probably be Raleigh. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, yeah. if he, he just needs to be identified, <laughs> you know, and... The thing is, you're not going to ever rank someone like Fletcher or, I mean, maybe maybe Carlson, but you're not going to really, uh, rank a reliever this high. Um, so if Sam Carlson can find a way to put in a bunch of innings, it's possible. But if Cal Raleigh goes out and he hits 25 more home runs at AA, he posts a batting average between 260 and 270 and shows you know, some sort of uh, affinity to play the catcher position and throw runners out. Uh, it's going to be hard for him to go in an, another entire season without being recognized for mm-hmm. the player that he is behind the plate. It's really befuddling that he's, I, I'm not quite as high on him as Kate is. I wouldn't put him in the top five or six catchers in baseball, but he certainly would be in the top. I should prospect uh, catcher prospects in baseball. I, I think he's a top 10 or 12 uh, prospect in the game at the position. It's just a weak position. Mm-hmm. 
Kate, uh, what about you? Would you say Raleigh as well? I mean, yes, but for the sake of uh, conversational diversity, I think 110 has got a lot of... If the 97 thing is too... is for real, um, I think there's a lot of industry buzz around him. And again, the thing that might, you know, hurt Raleigh a little bit is just by the time people realize what he is, I think there's a good chance he's in the majors already. Um, so they're just, there's a, there's a small window. There's already a small window on picking up on a college prospect, right? Like you kind of have to throw your lot in early and start talking about them or you run the risk of them just, you know, by the time you start writing about them, they're already in the majors. And I think that we're going to start to see that with Raleigh because he's, he's getting close. Um, so I think as far as like... Somebody who could be on prospect lists for a while, who could attract some attention and do some really exciting things as well. I, I think 10 would be my vote for that. Yeah. Maybe Carlson. If he comes back and is just like dealing gas. But I think that they're going to slow play Carlson. Yeah. I don't think the back. context will allow for... Because I, I yeah. think that that was what I was trying to think about was like... Could be Carlson. I suppose it could be Campbell. Like if he's just if he literally has a Logan Gilbert like start, you know, where it's just like, oh, he's way better than you know low A. Oh, he's way better than high A. Oh, he's like yeah. very good in double A. Like you know, then you're like, okay, this guy who is really good in college just continues to be really good. But but uh, again, and Logan Gilbert has gotten some off season love and like, mm -hmm. but in national, I mean, in top 100 list, I think he's still way too low. Mm -hmm. And he's yeah. in our top 10 just because I think of what he did and the system and everything. But as far as like, is he going to, would he get attention on a big scale? I don't yeah. think, I don't think Harder there's time for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're, I think you're both right. People on, too busy out here watching Jason Dominguez on dusty backfields in uh, the DR. <laughs> okay. But Jason Dominguez is beat, built like Godzilla. I know. So what is he? The alien, the uh, drone, the Martian, the Martian. That's it. Which is it's the other one. Pretty that just good. Got it's pretty good. It's a good nickname. Yeah. It's a very good nickname. Hey, beef boy is not bad either. No, but beef boy is beef very boy. solid. All right. Well, Thank you guys uh, for taking some time to talk uh, about the the batch of guys we have on this on this list here. Um, we've we've made it to the top ten. Uh, so next next time next week we'll be getting into that top ten, uh, which I'm pretty excited about. There there are a few people in those uh, in those groups. We may even break it down just by fives. Because uh, there's just a lot I wanna I wanna talk to you guys about um, with with a few of these players. So um, yeah, we're getting into the part of the list where like we have, and I noticed this while we were doing them as uh -huh. we were doing the write ups. The write ups went from like who can take so like we yeah. were you a know laboring you know, a little. You, can you get a paragraph? Yeah. So I, <laughs> to like can um, you? <laughs> yeah. To okay, you get to have so-and-so, mm. so I get so... Like, yeah. arguing over who got mm. to take the, the mm. blurb. So yeah. just a lot of excitement from our end on yes. talking about these guys. Yes. Which hopefully uh, will, will translate to an exciting listening experience. Just, just even for that, 
I one answer. Who is the person you're most excited to talk about? It it doesn't mean you're like they're, they're your favorite person, but like who is your favorite the person you're most excited to talk about uh, in the top ten? I was really excited to talk about Cal, Cal Raleigh. I, I'm gonna have to <laughs> I'm gonna have to think really hard about who. Joe, just do you have a Joe? Do you have an answer on hand? Uh, it's, it's, it's so hard not to say Kellenic because he's so polarizing mm. and there's, there's so many different edges of that guy mm-hmm. that need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess he'd be off yeah, the tip of my absolutely. tongue. Absolutely. Uh, Kate, I'm, I'm curious to hear, I'm here, curious to hear you talk and, and Joe, I'm curious to hear, uh, sort of your take and what you've heard as well on, on Brandon Williams. And that's definitely the person who I'm most intrigued to talk about because I think there's, we've seen the least of him in a sense. And, and, uh, you know, you, we've obviously gotten a chance to see little bits and pieces and hear little bits and pieces, but I don't think he's gotten quite the same amount of exposure for, for the average fan. So I'm, I'm excited to, to dig into that with you guys. He's a good one. It was pretty fun to send you guys that uh, video of watching oh, his bullpen yeah. and just have both of you collectively freak out over yeah. it. No, it was fun. Just as proof that he exists. Yeah, <laughs> that's the big part, right? Like that's you barely so see these guys when they Which get is drafted. one of the big pleasures of spring training is like seeing a human being inhabiting a jersey that like <laughs> and you read the name on the back and you're like, Oh my god, so and so you oh. know, when you see them for the first time. I can recognize <laughs> this is so sad. I can recognize Jordan Callen from like a hundred feet away. <laughs> I'm like, Did you grow oh, up in Kent? no, it's just you know, wa- <laughs> when you've been watching them for long enough, it's like you're like, oh, Did he shave? I know who that is. No, no, it's just you know, little from watching them over and over again. But it's so exciting to see a guy, and you're like, what's that? And then it's someone you haven't seen, like a guy from the DSL or whatever. Nathaniel Garavitos. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm still processing. Oh, yeah. He's, woo, mm-hmm. boy. Yeah, it's like you get to learn about fun stuff like Garavitos, who's out there pumping triple digits with yeah. no control. And, yeah. you know, it's really exciting. We can so. have a Johan Ramirez, too. <laughs> uh, yeah. So okay. that's, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm still mourning my... Um, spring training trip trip. yeah exactly but i will say i love talking about things that i know a lot about and that's the cal raleigh like i've positioned myself as a cal raleigh Mm -hmm. expert Mm -hmm. so i'm excited to talk about expert in the cal raleigh (laughs) field i clean this knowledge panel um (laughs) i am excited to talk about logan gilbert for the same reason just because i have been studying him for such a long time um i think i know his arsenal really well I'm so excited about him. I get very angry about how I think he's being undervalued kind of by the industry overall. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, ex- I'm excited to shout about Logan Gilbert. Well, I am excited to do that with y'all. Uh, Wait, who are you excited to talk to? Oh, Brandon Williamson. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I can't uh, believe none of us said Julio. Why did none of us say Julio? I mean, I think it's kind of a Julio. given, right? We, we, yeah, that drum yeah. is just continuously being beaten. Yeah, like, well, you know, it's it's sort of the new shiny thing in, in a sense. Like, mm-hmm. we are, I think we've we've properly beaten that drum, so now yeah. every we, there's sort of a constant reverb of that everywhere. Yeah, now that People, all the nationals, now that ML, MILB account is, like, tweeting stuff, like, 
it almost feels a little like he doesn't belong to us as much anymore. This is a new weird... I mean, whatever. We'll get into this on the next pod. But <laughs> this is a very weird thing. I'm like, but that's ours. You can't talk about... That's ours. Mm-hmm. Or like, it's it's gone from... It's cool to see other people so excited about him and hopping on the Julio bandwagon to like... Um, but that's our thing. Go away. <laughs> well, yeah. The, what are prospect writers if not sort of baseball hipsters? Uh, I guess so. Uh, that's why I like prospecting so much. I've always wanted to be cool. Exactly. Well, if there's one thing we've determined, it's that we are all, all three of us, very oh, so cool. Very cool. cool. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. So. Thank you all for listening to the th- us three cool folks talk about <laughs> Three these, cool folks uh, talking prospects. Exactly. Why didn't we name the pod that? That's true. That's on oh. Um I, uh, I appreciate everyone who listens, downloads, subscribes. Uh, so share much. this. Time share out. this with time folks. Out, especially, yeah. especially in this time because I don't know exactly what's happening, what's going to happen going forward. Obviously, we're seeing industries shutter. Right. Um, I hopefully the world of online sports content is okay for a while, but also, like without sports to talk about, we are kind of definitely in a little bit of a holding pattern. So please know that every time you download the podcast, it helps us. Every time you listen to it, every time you share it with someone, subscribe, that helps us so much right now, and it Mm -hmm. is. We appreciate it all the time, but especially in these times of uncertainty. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing. Please continue to do so. Yeah. All right. Well, hope you're all staying safe, staying sane, and staying healthy. Uh, and we'll be back with you guys next week to break into the top ten. Uh, until then, go Mariners. Bye! Bye! Wow.